Welcome, my noble thespians and my happy troop of theater trolls. I'm your host, Dawn Westbrook, the biggest troll of them all, with my glass of Chardonnay. I hope you'll join me with a glass of something. And for the next few minutes, we're going to focus on the craft of acting, the art of directing, and embracing the process of this crazy career in the theater. I have some wonderful interviews lined up in the coming weeks, and this week is no exception. But first, this week's podcast is being brought to you by the Martha Hill Newell Playwrights Fund, whose commitment is to both local and national playwrights, and holds the belief that the relevance and vitality of American theater depends on the continual infusion of new works. Great. It is so good to see your beautiful, handsome faces. I'm going to open this up from gallery view so I can see you better. There we go. Now you're really big and beautiful. <laughs> so hi, it's so good to see you. Did you get to get out on the lake today? We did. I did. Stephen did. I didn't. It was a little windy. And by the time I walked, I have the morning walk of the dog. So by the time I got home, it was a little too windy to ski. Oh, it was. Oh, okay. Michael, did yeah. you get out there? I did. Of course I did. Yeah. And did you just, you didn't ski though. You were just out on the boat by yourself. I did ski, but it was a little bit uh, like exercise run when it's that choppy. I did it. Yeah, I've got a friend across the lake uh, that um, has been sort of careful with COVID and whatnot. You know, it's at I know. Boats Everybody's kind of at their point right yeah. now where it's kind and of it's, whatever you're comfortable with kind of thing. Exactly. And it's just the two of us in the boat, so it's fairly safe. But yeah, so we have... Um, I skied with you once. Yeah, I know. And I got I tried to slalom. I couldn't do it for crap. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I was so happy I got up on two. But man, I remember when you were skiing, uh, Dennis Young, who was my music teacher in middle school, still very good friends with her. And it was her boat. And you went out and skied and she could not stop talking about the pole. She goes, he is all, he's pulling this boat. How do you pull <laughs> like the drag on the boat? She says, I've never had anybody on this boat that does this. It was amazing. You were oh, That's amazing. my goal to stop the boat. <laughs> <laughs> Dragging the boat back. So, so guys, okay. Yeah. You know yeah. what I've got? I've got my glass of Chardonnay. Of um, course you do. From, I know. From Blenheim Vineyards. Do we know what that is? Do you know who no, that is? No, do tell. Oh. Wait. Dave, Dave Matthews. Mr. Oh, Dave Matthews. This is his nice. winery in Charlottesville. And I don't know if you can see it, but I actually put it in the refrigerator. There's too much ice. Do you see the ice? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it actually, it's just going to stay there chilled for our, our lovely podcast. So I can just keep drinking it. It'll stay cold the whole time. There you there go. You go. Yeah, I've got my Chardonnay. What have you guys got? Well, I am drinking out of this um, hot and cold cup that was given to me for my birthday, and it says, this is probably Tito's. And I and have a feeling it is, is it not? It is indeed Tito's. As a good native son of Texas, I have to drink Texas vodka, and so I'm drinking Tito's tonight. And my, dr my drink of choice is Casamigos tequila. Made Blanco. by... Mm, by well George Clooney but it's his brand right so right. we've got George Clooney represented and Dave Dave Matthews there you go so guys I'm going to toast and we know what we're going to toast to because it would be wrong if we didn't right right I'm going to say to life and, what uh, about, to and life. I'll say L'chaim 
<laughs> oh gosh. Mm. Oh my. I have never had this before, but we may have to take a trek down to Charlottesville and get more of this. That's really good. Good job, Simon Dave Matthews. So, Michael, before yes. we start with, with, with uh, Mr. Tevia and, and talk about Yale and all of the wonderful things that he's done, you and I go back a lot farther than me knowing we... Stephen. I don't, it was like the late 1980s. Should I even say I that? I have known you forever. <laughs> you say that in such a, you say no, that in the most I feel like positive I, way, right? <laughs> I know. <laughs> no, I feel like I've always known you. Does that sound better? That sounds much better. Yeah, God, your teeth are so white. Your teeth are gorgeous. Your teeth are so white. <laughs> right. Uh, but we have known each other. We actually did a lot of theater here in Richmond. Yes, we did. We did. We were talking. Let's see, what shows have we done? We did, um, well, I think we did a couple of children's theaters at the mill. We were both worked at Theater 4, which is now Virginia Rep, children's theater yes. touring, right? And then uh, we did a lot of shows at Swift Creek Mill Playhouse, who just exactly. COVID hit, and now the flood. Yeah. Flood hit them and decimated them, and they're doing, like, um, benefit, like, I don't know, a GoFundMe page or something. Um, oh. Wonderful Stephen and Tom went there, and so we'll yeah, put a plug in for them, yeah. anybody that can help. Yeah, I'll put that on the Facebook page. But you and I did Lend Me a Tenor. We did Lend Me a Tenor. We did Dames at Sea. Don't forget Dames, Dames at Sea. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then we did, which I, we're talking about other studies, because uh, he had, uh, Stephen and you had, or Stephen listened to Michael Masters, where I'm like, don't ever offer me understudy, because I ain't ever doing it again. Yeah, I do it, exactly. and I can't. I don't like the under, understudy job, for sure, except the except one time I understudied that I enjoyed it was doing me and my girl, understudying uh, Larry Cook as Bill Snipson, and you got to understudy Robin. Robin O'Neill. They're hard acts to follow. I will say I know, very hard acts to but follow. But I actually think we did, I'm gonna take another drink. I think we did pretty well. I think so too. <laughs> <laughs> and I am going to post the picture of you and me and me and my girl. Oh, I love um, that. Uh, yes. And, uh, and that I, was so much fun. I don't know if I've had more fun on stage than being in that show, for sure. Playing that really, role, for sure. It, you know what? It really was. It was so fun. And we had, it was a tough, they were tough acts to follow. They really, truly were always Absolutely. going in, you know. Um, I always heard, don't ever let your understudy go on. They may be better than you. Um, <laughs> right? Said, okay, bye-bye. Oh, oh well, right. Well, the, but then there's also Sutton Foster was the understudy for Thoroughly Modern Millie, and then she oh. got the role. And I don't remember what the role was, but Shirley MacLaine, her first role that catapulted her to stardom was she was the understudy. See, there you go. And you go, oh, my gosh, see, there you go. Don't let your understudy go on anything. Yeah. Now, you had an understudy for Fiddler, right? I would not want to go on after you, I have to say. I would not. No, I just we had not. two. We, I had two guys ready to go on to play Tevia. I mean, and the crazy thing is it, understudying is, a because more, more often than not, you're, an understudy will cover more than one role because they're trying to minimize their spending of understudies, et cetera. Right. And so we had like one gal who did all the daughters. The and on, on one day, she played Seitel in the afternoon and Huddle at night. Oh my God. All it's in like, Yiddish. I know, and my hands are starting to sweat already. Uh, exactly. about, because I was the swing. I did King's Dominion. Did you ever do King's Dominion? I was just gonna tell you that I was a swing at King's Dominion. <laughs> I was too. And you I tell your story. Okay, I was in Surf's Up, baby. Da, 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 da. There were six of us. There were three girls and three guys, and I had to play all Sandy Flores. Sandy oh, yeah, Flores. Of I was understudying Sandy. Not an easy act to follow on that no. one. No, 
No. And um, yeah, so, and Chris Mellon, who just passed away with pancreatic cancer, one of my mm. favorite people ever, and he was in the show as well, but he, he was one of the, he was the vocal coach, I was dance coach. I would go out, and the first thing you did was, this was when corded microphones, right? Stands uh, and corded uh -huh. microphones. Those are the days, right. I, I'm sure people are listening to this, that have never even seen what that looks like. But yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah so we would run out, you know, in our little 60s garb, surf's up, baby, and go to this, a mic, and I can't tell you how many times I went to the wrong mic and I get butted <laughs> out, you're at the wrong mic, get over, you know, like, oops, sorry, you know, three little couples, guy, girl, guy, girl, guy, girl, and I would go, oh, crap, I'm supposed to be over there on stage left, not on stage right, so I did that, but I just, I hate it. I, I didn't like it either, and they, I worked at King's Dominion two seasons, I did the main mm -hmm. stage show there, and the second season, I said, please, I don't want to do it. And they made me do it. <laughs> because, see, you're good at it. You're good at well, so many things. I guess so. But, I, but yes, you know, I, it was like, I really didn't want to do it. They made me do it. And then, like, there was a main set. So I would have to learn, I think, maybe three, maybe six roles, like three singers' tracks and three dancers' tracks. And there would be days when I would be out there, like, kicking my heels, and somebody would scream to me, move to the kipper track in the middle oh of the God. show. And then you'd have to, like, go to the the other side of the stage and do every dance step starting on the opposite foot. Oh, I know. A nightmare. I just cannot, like you said, the young gal who went on for all the daughters and you go two roles in, in one day and you go, I don't even know what the fuck my name is. I, I got yes. not, I don't need no. And so I, here's a toast. I need another sip because you guys have just made me nervous talking about being another <laughs> Here's to all the understudies that have ever gone on and will go on. Good for you. I'm going to take another yes, big old God bless this. understudies. Yeah. In Michael's interview, I couldn't get it to do it, and we got to laugh so hard. I tried to get my because it was so full. You said mine won't do it because it's it's ceramic. No, it's pottery that you've made. It's pottery. Yes, right. I did. I made a call them. I call them spirit sippers. I know. Now listen, do you spirit sippers? I've seen that one. I've seen that one. I think unless you have more than one. No, I well I do, but I think you have seen this one. Have spirit sipper. We'll travel. That's it. That's all you need. That's it. Well, Michael, it is so, so good to see you. It's so good oh, to see God. you, too. Thank you for it, joining us. It's fun us. reminiscing a little bit, of course. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bow out now. Yeah, you, I told you to stay, but you said you didn't want to. I'm sure you have things you want to do, like go throw some pottery or something. That's it. I will. I'm going to go throw some pottery. All well, right, take care. I love you so much. Thank I love you, you too, so much. Okay. Bye. 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> Hello. Hello. So now... You all are, are, are we're doing this uh, live from, I'm going to say, I don't know how to say this, Mayopic, Mayopac? Mayopac. Well, Mayopac is how it was pronounced when we moved here 20 years ago. But we were told the old timers say it more the Native American way, which would be Mahopac. Right. I listened to it on a radio show to try to figure out how I was supposed to say it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to try. I'm just going <laughs> to ask the Native and find, tell him to say it. You know? That's it. Mayopac. It's beautiful, Stephen. And I was looking at the pictures, and they call it a little hamlet in New York. Yeah. And I just, you know, with everything that's going on in New York, and even before COVID, yeah. when you do shows and when you're in New York, as long as you've been since Yale, 1988, yeah. whatever, and that's doing right. the Broadway thing, um, there, it's one of the reasons I didn't stay. It's one of the reasons I had to leave, because I loved being there. I loved yeah. being around all of it. But I was always, it always clashed with me. Um, the lifestyle, the, the yeah. nomadic lifestyle of the transient performer or director. Yeah. And I loved that, yeah. but yet it really worked against 
who I am. And yeah. I knew I needed to be in a place that was not the city. And you must be able to, when you, and I want to talk about this too, the train ride sure. or the car ride into doing Fiddler. Did you do eight shows a week? Uh, we did, we didn't do, we did seven and when we were downtown and then we moved uptown and we did eight. Okay. So then you were staying in this beautiful little hamlet yeah. and then if you had a matinee, what time do you have to leave? Well, it's about two hours door to door with the train commute. I would, and I, I decided long ago that I would rather uh, let the train get me there and not worry about traffic and not worry about parking. And that way I can look at audition material on the train or I can run lines on the train. I can absolutely lose sight. And I mean, and there were days when I was in Wicked, the train hit somebody. And so oh um, my Lord. the train, it was a bicyclist and they, uh, mm. so the train was stopped for, and then there had to be a police investigation. So on a day like that, I call the stage manager and I say, I'm not going to make it because we were stuck this, for hours. This is when you were doing Dr. Delamont, right? That's right. And, and that's right. Okay. The goat. goat. The so goat doctor. That's right. The goat. <laughs> I was hoping you were going to, it's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> that's it. Um, but anyway, the point is, is that it, to, to be there for, um, to be that, I mean, uh, with, with Fiddler, and there were lots of things for me that changed with Fiddler that I had never done before, which okay. is, um, one would be, for instance, Dr. Dilliman. Um, I wouldn't necessarily feel like I needed to be at the theater an hour before curtain for uh -huh. Dr. Dilliman. Mm -hmm. So, and that would mean which train I would have to be on. But for Fiddler, I didn't want to cut it close. I didn't no. want to have my blood pressure go nope. up thinking I'm not going to make it in time or I'm going right. to make it just in time. Yeah. So for, for a two o'clock for a two o'clock matinee, I would probably be on a 10 o'clock train. I was going to say 10 o'clock. That was yeah. my guess. 10 o'clock. And, and yeah. And, 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 and then I'm, and I was, you know, I, I wasn't usually the first performer there. I was probably the second. There were, there were some diehard guys who were always there. The dancers? Uh, and they, yeah. They took pride in being there first, but um, I was there pretty early and then I just could chill. But um, I, I love the train. I love the train. And people often ask me, you know, do you miss the city? Do you miss living in the city? And it's like, hell no. That, that's the answer that I was thinking, because for me, you know, yeah. I think about all the people that were in these high rises just stopped during COVID. I mean, just oh, that, yeah. right? And right. I was able to walk my dog out here. We live yeah. in a beautiful area here. Uh, maybe yeah. I'd have you guys down here. I would love to have you come. You guys have that beautiful little Hamlet city. I looked at the pictures yeah. and you're beautiful. Michael is quite the homemaker. I know how he handles things. Yeah. Gorgeous. And he just fixes things up and he's got his own little pottery, you know, yeah. uh, yeah shed and not shed but it's kind of like now it's an addition right it is i mean and he made it look as if it is an addition and um it, it was made by the amish in pennsylvania and then was brought to our uh, our uh, property and and built on our property but it, it it really is a glorified shed but it's it's exactly what he wanted and needed to do his pottery and i understand um, that you're you're an artist too do you do quilts i do quilts again i, I make quilts and um uh it, that started that started with Wicked. When I was doing Wicked in New York, one of the male dressers was sitting uh -huh. in the hallway. I had asked Michael years ago, mm -hmm. will you teach me how to quilt? Because as in case anyone doesn't know, Michael Cole can do anything <laughs> yes. very, very well. So I said, can you teach me how to quilt? And he said, well, we won't start with a quilt. We'll start with a tea cozy. 
<laughs> and I was like, well, that's not what I, and so it didn't stick. He tried to teach me, we went and got a tea cozy pattern and it's like, it just wasn't happening. And so that just went dormant. And that's then so funny. years later, I'm doing Wicked and there's a, a dresser sitting in the hallway quilting. And so I said to him, can you teach me how to do that? And so for those who don't know, as opposed to Tevya, Dr. Dilliman basically has 17 minutes on stage and yes. two, two hours and change off stage. So there yes. was plenty of time to learn how to quilt. So yes. he would take me down to the wardrobe room and he did teach me how to use a sewing machine and how to quilt. And uh, so that, that was 2006. So since Okay, wait, then, I just got uh, a huge vision in my head yeah. of a goat. That's right. Quilting is that? I mean, you were in makeup because you couldn't get out of it. You had to say right, exactly. <laughs> so I was. I mean, yeah, I, I had a goat head that I would take on. You could and take off, it off, but you. But had all the makeup was still on. So then eventually, you know, because I did Wicked for three years, yeah. I eventually brought a sewing machine from home and put it in my dressing room. And I was in my downtime. I would just be sewing in the dressing room. I saw some and, of the pictures on your Facebook page. Um, oh yeah. Of some of your quilts, and you know, yeah. Michael saw me in quilters when we did it here. Uh, in Richmond, directed That's, by John Glenn. Um, yeah, oh, years ago. One, of my, one of my best friends. You met John, yes? Oh, yeah. And um, we visited him and RL out in Idaho. Sweet guy, talented, smart guy. Brilliant, brilliant, wonderful. One of my favorite people and one of my closest friends. And RL and I, funny, you know, it's so funny. It's all six degrees of separation, but RL and I grew up together. We That's were, funny. his house was like a block away from mine. And we went to the huh. same Baptist church. We Isn't that funny? We sang at everybody's wedding. We were in the youth choir together. We were, and he's actually doing the show. He's coming on on September 13th. Because I want to, okay. I also talked to directors and I thought, I want to talk to a music director. I want to talk to a choreographer. I want to get some different, and he is just such a spiritual and kind yeah, I and agree. soulful person. I agree. I love RL and you know he saw he saw and he recently did Tevya up out in yes, Idaho. He did. And I then the he, and then he came and saw he saw our fiddler twice. And uh I I was so nervous both times, you know, because he's because I mean I don't I've never really worked with him as a musical director or as a vocal coach, but I know from Michael and I know oh, from everyone. He's the and, real deal. And so it's like, oh, I just was nervous. That's so funny. You're so cute. You said that to me yesterday, too, about being nervous. I'm like, how, you know, when do you stop being nervous about, I don't think we ever do. I don't think, no. you know, you worked with Joel Gray. I'd be like, oh, my God, I'm so nervous. And all these other yeah. stars you've worked with. Yeah. And, you know, everybody that I've talked to, I talked to Frank Wood today, who I'm going to have on tomorrow night. And yeah. he just said, you know, all these people he's worked with, um, yeah. that you just, he worked, he was in um, Joker. Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, yeah. And he wasn't really, he was on set, but he wasn't really in the scene, even though it's his, did you see the movie? I did, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I don't like scary movies, but yeah. he is so, he's the kind of performer yeah. that I just am intrigued by. Right? I agree. I, I couldn't look away. And yeah. Frank was in that. He also talked about just being nervous and never, and not feeling comfortable on camera. I go, How, when did you not? Yeah. And you Lucille Lortel, and you yeah. had Hillary Clinton. And yeah. <laughs> Mr. Hamilton and, you know, Jake Gillenball yeah. and Hugh Jackman come see I mean, yeah, we, well, right. But, the, but I did, there was a time where, you know, Joel Gray would tell me in the afternoon, he's like, Bette Midler's coming tonight. And I'd be like, <laughs> oh, you know, and she was in the original Fiddler. She was a cycle at one time. Oh my God, that's it, right. Yeah. So uh, anyway, so she had a real connection to it, but I, I, eventually we had a system at Fiddler because I will tell you, 
with Fiddler on the Roof in Yiddish, I had more people from my life see it, people from kindergarten coming from Texas to see it, and oh, more yeah. more people, more celebrities ever in my life who have ever seen me do yeah, anything. Holy no. crap, who yeah. else is gonna come? And when yeah. you had, you know, Flynn, I was like, oh, yeah. dang, that just kind of takes kids yeah. right there. And I thought, right. you know, you have to just, and see, but your performance in this is, and I cannot believe I didn't get to see it, but by the time I could, I was in grad school, yeah, getting yeah. a master's, and by the time I could see it, it was sold out, and yeah. then it closed. But you hope that maybe yeah. it's gonna come out again? No, the plan is, I mean, please God, we don't know. Who knows, really, who knows anything with this COVID, but, mm. um, and we were, we, you know, thankfully, I, I will say thankfully, mm -hmm. because we were able to complete our run just before pandemic hit New York. And, right. and there are friends of mine who, who, I mean, I feel sorry for the people whose final performance, they missed their final, you know, like they ended it a day before their final performance. Right, right. Or they were in previews and they didn't even get to open. We had know? shows in Richmond. I had just directed the cake, the Richmond Triangle Players and yeah. brilliant four person cast. I don't know if you know the play, but it is hysterical. Yeah. And we closed on March 6th and there yeah. were other shows that were in the process of opening. Yeah. Uh, there was a Fences, they were doing Fences at Virginia yeah, Rap, yeah, and right. all of these other shows, and um, didn't they were in tech, or they were in rehearsals. Yeah. A Doll's House Part Two, I don't even know if they even did their first read show. I just felt for them. We were able to open and close and get out just in the nick of time. Yeah, um, right. It's real. it's one of the reasons why I started, I think I told you this, one of the reasons I started the podcast is because so many of my theater people, uh, friends, yeah. were just so down. And I thought, you know, theater people have so much energy and there's yeah. so much to learn and there's so much to talk about. And this is a time for if we're sitting back and we're not able to be in front of an audience, yeah. let's entertain each other. But I thought, let's yeah. talk about these stories. Let's talk about connections. <laughs> let's talk about process, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and talk about, you know, how do you... How did you come to this, you know, uh, career? How did you, wh where did you study? And I know you, excuse me, Mr. Um, Yale, undergrad <laughs> and grad. Touch yeah. Just yeah. him in your garment, I would. <laughs> and when did you graduate from uh, your master's program? Uh, 1988. I graduated in 1988. And just to, to go all the way back, I mean, uh, I grew up in, I grew up in a small Texas town called Lubbock, Texas, and it, it had a university, it had two colleges, Texas Tech University is there, so even though it only had 100,000 people, and it's definitely part of the West Texas, you know, uh, tumbleweed belt, uh -huh. it had, uh, it had a, a, um, a community theater and a children's theater, and so when I was 10 years old, my brother, I'm the youngest of four, and my older brother uh, was enrolled in the children's theater, and so I said to my parents, I want to do that, so they enrolled At age me. 10. Wow. At age 10. And I do, you know, I, over the last, whatever, 20 something years I've been teaching and I do sometimes tell my students that whatever got me into the theater that I wanted to do when mm -hmm. I was 10 years old and I was mm -hmm. in Jack and the Beanstalk and I was doing plays, um, part of that is still the same thing, no matter I'm 10 or I'm 60 or 58 <laughs> To be quite honest, I, I you and know. I we have we have some similarities here. We'll talk about it. In we do anyway. Right. It's a similar. It's a similar. There's a similar desire, which is to to entertain, to be in front, maybe to pretend and to tell a story. And so um, it started when I was ten, and I then went to uh, I I did plays there, and I did children's did plays you do as well. In the community theater, didn't you do? Didn't you I didn't play Tevye. Well, I, at, at 
First, I played Pavel the Peasant Boy in, okay. the Lubbock, in the Lubbock Theater Center's Fiddler on the Roof. And when I was 17, I went to National Music Camp Interlock in Michigan, which is an arts camp. That's and the one. I, and that's when I was 17, I played Tevya. And, um, and I did win the Best Actor Award at 17. Of course you did. Of course you did. And Michael would tell you, if he were still in the room, that I, would, I still, when I, when I first was introducing him to friends of mine that I knew from summer camp, they would right. say to him, did you, see his you, did you hear about his Tevya? Oh, you should have seen his Tevya. And, and at so, age 19? 17. 17. Right, yeah, 17. Then I did him again when I was 21 at Yale undergrad, Tevya, again. Oh, my God. And, and then I didn't play him for, you know, I, I was all my adult life, I mean, uh, it's just a role getting, that you, right, we're getting ahead, but it's a yeah. role that just hits you in the heart. And then you did Laser Wolf. Did Laser in Wolf in, in the revival in 2016. Um, but Michael, again, has always, was always trying to find me a production of Fiddler on the Roof. He's you did like, it in Richmond here and at that, Virginia Rep. And I was, they were talking to me. We were maybe, I was maybe going to try and see, could I be a part of that production? Could I do that production? But it didn't happen. But it was Michael who saw on Facebook that Joel Gray was directing this Yiddish fiddler on the roof. So it's he, his they, fault. It's his fault. <laughs> you know, so that, you know, so anyway, um, ju so just to dovetail back, I, I went to the arts camp. I felt like I wanted to pursue theater. My parents mm -hmm. seemed to be on board that I can pursue theater. Oh. I, I, I researched well. I knew the Yale School of Drama was a, was a, a good well, drama school. A, a good drama school. You're cracking me up here. I'm well, sorry. So, a good drama school is all the other ones. Yale is a little bit elevated than that. Right. But okay. So anyway, I went to the undergrad thinking, well, if I go to the undergrad, maybe that'll help me get to the grad, which I don't think that was the way it worked. They, they actually kind of, there was a Hatfield and McCoy with the undergrad and the grad. It's kind of oh. like, they yeah. both kind of felt like, we know what we're doing. So anyway, um, I graduated from undergrad with a theater studies major, which my parents probably are still rolling in their graves that they oh sent me to Yale undergrad, and I got a theater <laughs> studies a law, major. Right, right, not law, business, or law, you know, anything like that, or medical. That's right, so but funny. I, but it was, it was a really, really interesting, good undergraduate theater program that, oh, of course that, it is. that got yeah. you thinking I mean they you know got you thinking in a way as well as just performing in a way right and well you yeah. did um your you came out of school and yeah. you went straight into was it a wilderness that's right well, at the drama school my last show at the Yale School of Drama was uh Eugene O'Neill's Our Wilderness which they were doing at the Yale Rep which starred Jason wrote a lot of the People, young kids today don't, don't know, know these names. These Jason Robards, Jason Colleen Dewhurst, George Hearn, Liz Wilson. Uh, it was oh. it was a, a, a and it was directed by Arvin Brown. Um, it was a really showy production at the Rep, and and I was cast in a, a small role as a as a third third year acting student, but. Uh, Thankfully, in a way that doesn't always happen for drama mm -hmm. school graduates, the show closed in, at the end of May and it opened on Broadway uh, in June. Okay, and wait, so, Michael Mastro is calling me. Hang on one second. I'm oh. going to do, I'm going to take this. Hold on. I'm going to put him on speaker. My, my, Michael, hi, how are you? Did you see my text? Um, I did. <laughs> I guess who I'm talking to. No, I don't. Steven Skybell, say hello. No. 
Oh my God, Steven Skybell, the man who gave me my Broadway debut. Hi, Michael. How are you? I am so great. How are you? Good. You can hear him. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. I'm putting it up towards the microphone now. I now, I now know how to do that. I'm in theater, did I tell you? I <laughs> you guys, I cannot believe that I am sandwiched in between Michael Mastro and Steven Skybell. This is like my dream. Sounds like a, sounds like fabulous bread for a dawn sandwich. <laughs> it is a dawn sandwich. <laughs> we were just getting ready to talk about some other things. We were talking about Yale, and he actually described Yale as, um, he said, yeah, you know, it's a good drama school. I'm like, good drama schools are everything else. Yale is not. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So you want to call me back later? We'll talk later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. But I, can I just say, can I just say, Stephen Skybell. It is so great to hear your voice, and um, I just, I want to say, truly, how beautiful, beautiful, beautiful you were in Filler on the Roof. You're so sweet. Thank you, Michael. Um, no, no, actually, I'm not sweet. I'm really very bitchy fucker. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> I just wanted to say you were really fucking amazing. Thank you. Yeah, brilliant, beautiful performance, he said today. And Thank then, you. Um, so, uh, Michael, I just feel like I am just the shit right now that I've got both of you here. Listen, I love you, and I'll call you uh, when I get done here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Just let me know when you get done. I will let you know. Okay, honey. Bye-bye, darlings. The only reason I did that is because when I interviewed Brian Scalaro, TV sitcom actor, stand-up yeah. you know, you yeah. know who he is if you've seen his picture, and he picked up the phone at the very end of the interview. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. I thought, well, here we go. We might as well, because Michael talks about you in week <laughs> about taking over for you and the That's funny right. stories that ensued for Love, Valor, Compassion. That's right. That's right. Um, yeah, I mean, that's where Michael and I met, and we were both babies back then. Mm -hmm. but, the, and, but the truth is, I mean, I did go, I was understudy. First, I was understudy at Manhattan Theater Club to two roles, and then they, when it moved to Broadway, they, they added, of course, a third role for me to cover. And I, I mean, I just have to say, we toasted understudies. God bless understudies. But the thing about understudying is you, I realized when I was doing that, uh -huh. you really are the fire hydrant on the, in the hall. You know, you're, you're there for an emergency. Yes. You're yes. there to put out fires. And otherwise, you are, you know, it's, it's pretty thankless. People go to the show to see Stephen Skybell and the Yiddish Fiddler, right? Right. And they, and they open up their program and a little piece of paper falls out. <laughs> yeah, like, right. Today, this day's performance, the understudy for Mr. Skybell will be, and you're like, yeah. oh, well, screw it. You know? <laughs> you're right. like, oh, man, damn it. I didn't. But you know what? Some understudies, like we said, are yeah. brilliant and the job yeah. is not an easy one and just thank god for people who can do it and just, right. now, emily skinner came down and i told this story emily skinner from richmond another richmond, yeah i love down. her oh my god well you do we have some um i think full monty <laughs> stories that we're going to talk about dirty mama i think we're going to have a dirty mama <laughs> That is so funny. <laughs> I gotcha. I gotcha, didn't I? I surprised you. But anyway, Emily, who I, she was, we talked, here we go, full circle. Emily yeah. and I did Quilters, directed by John Glenn. Wow, yeah. And it was one of the, it was a show that just kept going, and the quilt mm. that was made by the Richmond Quilters Guild, brilliant. Mm. And it was the first show Emily and I had done together, and I did that show, and John, too. She was just headed for huge, huge yeah. things back then, and yeah. she was like, what? 14 or 15 she played the oh, youngest right. daughter in quilters yeah. and just amazing performer and just has you know sword i'm hoping to get her on here at some point you should you uh, definitely I don't know, should I don't know if she likes doing interviews or not but emily if you're listening i'm coming for you baby 
Yeah. I'm dirty mama. I'm coming for you. Um, but anyway, so who are we talking? Oh, I want to dovetail too back on Arnold Rousey, who he's three years older than I am. When I got to Verona High School, he played Tevia his senior year. <laughs> right. So he had played Tevia before, and that was yeah, the first time yeah. I ever seen it, right? And then um, he came back my senior year, three years later, when I played Nellie Forbush in, right? Right? There you go, right? Pacific. So he came back and did that, and just unbelievably wonderful. So he played Emil to my Nellie, and we still Oh, my talk God. About it. It, was, it was a great, I mean, our high school program was, was pretty amazing. Um, yeah. But, you know, it wasn't Yale, but it was, it was still pretty, pretty, pretty <laughs> daggone good. Let's talk a little bit. I have some questions. Um, sure. About well, somebody else is calling it. I'm not going to take it. I'm not. It's not <laughs> Michael Master, so I'm not taking. It. I'm going to put. Can I call you later? Usually, I turn off my phone. I'm going to do that right now. I'm glad yeah. I didn't. But we had so many problems hooking up with Zoom. Oh right. I left my phone. I turned it back on. Um, okay. So we talked about travel in and out of the city. Yeah. And, and you must have after that. You know, there's there's something that happens when you know you've done a good performance and you know that your you know your show's kind of the it ticket. Yeah. And you get on the train, and probably about maybe, my guess is maybe 20 minutes, maybe maybe 30 minutes into the ride, you're probably sitting there feeling very satisfied. Yeah. You're probably feeling like your shoulders can come down, because when you're in yeah. New York, you kind of look down and your shoulders are up. You yeah. probably felt like, and, the, and the, the air starts to smell different, and yeah, you're yeah. heading towards yeah. home. That's right. Do you love just coming back home every night, too? Yes. You know, I mean, I'll tell you, I mean, again... I mean, I love where I live, and um, that there there never was a trade-off. And the joke is, the joke is that I I I went to London in 1997 to do Shakespeare's Globe to open up. Sha I was one of two actors chosen. So while I was in London is when Michael moved to Mayapak, and so the joke is is that I tracked him down. You oh my know? god! <laughs> <laughs> but he and our friend Diane Pennington. Diane had a reason to come up to the Danbury, Connecticut area. And so she said to Michael, would you be interested in maybe renting a house with me? And so they found Did a house. Not Danbury, Dinnerfield. Was it Dairy? No, no. She was, a, she was okay. actually, I think, leaving the profession. And was, she was working for a dentist, maybe? She okay, had no, a wait. job. She is. Now, we're going to we're gonna stop for just a second, too. Because yeah. we have to give a shout out to Diane Pennington, who was yeah. in Dames at Sea. She played, yeah. Mo, is it Mona? What's the character's name? I can't even remember. She played the lead in that. Yeah. It was Robin O'Neill yeah. in the lead against Michael yeah. and Larry Cook, yeah. who we've talked about. Yeah. And I was, oh God, the, the one that sings the last one. Good times are here to say that one at the end. I don't know. I don't know what the character's name is, right? But Diane was in it. Robin yeah. O'Neill, Larry, Michael. I'm telling you, we were some some hoofers in that show, and we knocked that show out the park. Yeah. Um, but Diane is amazing, and Diane yeah. said she and again. Here we're going to go again. I yeah. just talked to her about two weeks ago because we had yeah. a friend who passed away, who was uh, a friend, Randy Stradivar, and oh, right. uh, she called me and we talked, and um, we were talking about she is she hasn't sung in twelve years. Now Diane Pennington, when she was here in Richmond, right, probably before Michael even arrived here from Oregon. She was the it. She no, was yeah, he a knows the star. Yeah. She was, if you were in a show with Diane, yeah. you were the shit, right? Right. And Diane was like, she's a little bit older than I am. And I just looked up to her the entire yeah. time. She was, she could do Judy Garland. She could just belt. And she worked with R.L. Rousey at the Haymarket. And that was kind of one of the things she did. 
Well, now she told me two weeks ago that she yeah. has started singing again, finding her voice with wow. Arl Rousey on these Zoom things that we're talking about. You and I are going to talk about Amazing. Zoom. Amazing. Yeah. Teaching through Zoom. Yeah. And she's right. doing it with Arl. She says, That's I've wonderful. Go, I've got to go back to the beginning. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I hardly think that you've got to go back to the beginning. No, but that, I mean, again, just to talk about COVID and the, these weird times, I mean, who of us even had heard of Zoom before this happened? And now, I mean, there were, there were other things, but, you know, Skype or whatever. But right. um, this Zoom platform has has really been a game changer it's been a save saving grace for this time in terms of people being able to continue to have meetings and work and work but for actors and for like for diane it's just a it's a boon to be able to do that it's unbelievable and it's why i started i did zoom um yeah. and go react when i was doing my master's program so i knew of zoom oh, wow. um and so i knew of it and i thought you know what i don't know how to edit and I thought I can do a one-stop shop. The producer and me, because I produce some things, will be really yeah. happy kind of setting things up and do our little yeah. pre-meeting and talk to people and get to know them. And then yeah. the actress and me, who've always loved doing talk shows and interviewing people can do <laughs> this, right? Like we're doing yeah. right now. I'm never right. as happy as when I'm doing this. And then the director and me can go back and edit. So I, through this, there is some silver lining through this. And this is the reason yeah. that I started the podcast because I think there is a way to stay happy. There is a way to stay connected. Michael did... Um, Judgment Day with Jason Alexander and Patty yeah. Lapone. Yeah, right. Zoom meeting. I bought it. You had to buy it. I can't remember what theater company it is, but I'll I'll put it on the Facebook page, Twitter, mm. and Instagram. It was great, and they're starting to learn. These theater directors are starting to learn how to direct right. through Zoom. Absolutely. We're not we're not used to theater being in a box. No, we're not, and it's not necessarily a replacement, but it no. certainly is something that can happen in the interim. You right, know? and we can give, and I said, you know what, I said to one of my friends who was on, I said, you know, give an actor a platform, and their platforms are needed right now. Wait, I'm just going to start the podcast to, you know, give an actor and director, because we need the, the intellectual and the artistic creative outlet to talk about yeah. friends and stories and things, you know? That's um, it, that's it, that's it. But now you have, you, you with Michael, you have two children, I believe. <laughs> well, they're fur babies. Of course they are. Yeah. Tell about Caleb and Mackenzie, would you please? <laughs> well, the, you know, anyone who follows me on Instagram or Facebook knows that probably 98% of all my photos are of my dogs. Nothing better. I just love my dogs so much. And I mean, and the truth is, again, uh, they they don't know from COVID. They don't know from politics. Nope. They just know that they they are happy to be with us and we're happy to be with them. And so again, it's like they they really balance me in my life, you know, in terms of the craziness of the profession or just the craziness now of our times. Mm -hmm. I just love my dog so much. I, I'll tell you one story if I may. <laughs> oh, please, that, please. Well, so when we were in, we were in previews, after we moved Fiddler Uptown, we were in previews um, uh, moving to the new theater and Michael had gone to Oregon to, um, to uh, his niece's, our niece's wedding, but I was unable to go. So I actually had the, I was staying in, um, in an apartment in the city, so I wouldn't mm -hmm. have to go back and forth, but I had my dogs with me during 
previews, final rehearsal and previews. And one night, so I had the dogs in the apartment and it was very close to the theater. So I'd go home and walk them and then I'd go and sleep. And it was really great for this kind of intense rehearsal period for the yeah. show. Oof. And so one night after in rehearsal, after the dinner break, I was laying on the floor in my dressing room and I was like, hmm. And I went out to the to rehearse and the choreographer was giving me some direction. And I said to him, you know, I, I I said, I, I'm, I really want to do what you're asking of me and I might be making a face, but it's because I don't feel well. And so, um, and so Joel Gray, our director was like, send him home, send him home, send him home. And I think I must've looked like, and so I, I went out onto the street, out the stage door and I threw up on the street. Oh no. I, I must have had food poisoning because it came out of nowhere and just took over. So I got into a cab to maybe go five blocks. Oh, no. It was frigid cold in February and I'm in the cab and I know the cab driver must think that I'm some corona drug user because <laughs> I'm shaking. You got this yeah, your beard, you're in these clothes. Yeah, I'm up. saying, take me two and a half blocks. <laughs> and, you know, I've got the money. So anyway, the point, the whole point of the story is so I, I, let's say I had food poisoning. I got up to the apartment. I had to walk my dogs. There oh, was God. no one to walk them. So, exactly. so that, you know, so that's the relationship we have with them and they have with us. It's like, I'll look out for you and then you come and give me comfort while I'm in this well, sick you know, bed. So many people like uh, Michael's husband, Richard Hester, who does with yeah. Bernadette Peters that, you know, uh, Broadway barks, right? And right. I have a friend who, uh, I'm not going to mention her name, but I will just say I spoke to her about a week ago. I've never known her to be down. Mm -hmm. I've never known her to not be happy and funny. Oh my God, so funny and yeah. so wonderful. And I could tell that she is starting to get to her. This, yeah. this, the, the not working. Now she's not, she hasn't stayed uh, acting, but she works in the restaurant business and catering and all that big, big, big time. And we're talking big mm -hmm. restaurants and big catering events with stars and huge people and stuff. But anyway, I said to her, you know, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a therapist. I don't claim to be one. And life is hard for me too down here. I've got a teenage daughter that is yeah. not easy right now. And um, the, you know, and my husband is a doctor, an anesthesiologist, and he's working. He's never stopped with COVID. <sighs> I haven't stopped working because I do sign language interpreting for the deaf in healthcare. Mm. So it's not easy, but I could tell she doesn't have, she's not married. She doesn't have kids. She doesn't have any pets. And I said, you know, it's not so easy to find a husband or have kids, but at our age. However, however, yeah, yeah. please, please, please contact Michael, contact Richard, go get yourself a cat, get yourself yeah, a yeah. cat, get yourself a yeah. dog, something that will love you when you come in, yeah, something that will it. cuddle with you, will be ready for you when you come home because yeah. it's a very hard balance of trying to figure things out. But I did, I said yeah. to her, go get a pet. That's smart. That is smart. You know, I will, you know, Joel Gray is good, good, good friends with Bernadette Peters. And she was trying to help him get a cat because he, he had a little dog for years and years and years and then had lost that dog uh, right before Fiddler. And he did not replace that an, a pet. And then he wanted, so Bernadette Peters was going to help him get a cat. And then they found out cats can actually carry COVID. Oh, I think they should even send for the dogs can carry it. Yeah, so, well, so anyway, Whatever. he decided not to get the cat. And now he just said to me the other day, he's thinking of trying to get a dog. And because, because I mean, again, here's this guy and it's his is, a, you know, he's Joel Gray. Yes. He's 88 years old, living. Eight, stop. Yeah. 88. 
88. Please, God, let him live to 120. Oh, my God. Yeah. He, the first time I ever saw him, of course, like you, probably our generation, was in Cabaret, yeah. the movie. Of course. Right? Yeah. And I was yeah. taken to the movie theater to see it. My parents let me go see it in the movie theater. <laughs> right. it's, gotten there you go. little, it's gotten a little raunchier through the years. And they're doing it a little bit more and more how it probably Yeah, right, fun. right. The movie was a little, you know, but still brilliant. He was brilliant. Yeah. Um, so 88. Living on his own in New York City. I mean, he has assistants and he has people to help him, but he's basically alone there. It's, he's alone there at night when he goes to sleep. So he, he needs, he would he benefit needs, from an animal, you know? Pet, pet therapy, I think, you know, a lot of, and I, you know, I have a therapist. Pet therapy is what's getting a lot of people through COVID. And I think you yeah. with your two children and fur yeah. babies, and I've got two terriers. I don't know if you've seen them on Facebook, but I've got- No, a, I don't know that I have. Oh my God, I'll send you two pictures. I've got okay. Ginger, she's an Irish terrier. Right, she's really funny. She looks like kind of a a, a reddish golden doodle. Yeah, and I love terriers. I love fuzzy dogs. Yeah. And um, the other one is a little wire hair fox terrorist. He's hysterical. <laughs> He's hysterical. Uh, Bennington, yeah. Bennington Boyd. Um, but I I'll, love I'll, it. I'll send you some pictures. Terriers yeah. are tough. Terriers are. We had a terrier growing up. What I kind mean, of terrier? terrier? It was a Cairn Terrier. Okay. Um, like Toto, but it was a sandy colored one. Okay. But the, the, just the terrier, you know, so when I, our dogs are Australian shepherds and we've, we've, I love them. They're beautiful. You know, but it's like, it used to be because of my dog Sandy growing up, it would be like, no, no, anytime you open the door, Sandy would be like, I'm out, I'm out <laughs> and I'm running. And so it was a, it was learning curve with these Australian shepherds because it'd be like, no, don't go, don't go running. And they'd be like, okay, I won't. Well, they, I won't they, are, they listen and they're herders, yeah. right? By, by, yeah. by nature. So they're blue merles, right? Both of them? They're both blue merles, yeah. And one of them is like seven months. Is that Caleb? Uh, six years, like six years old is Caleb and Mackenzie is eight years old. Oh, so they're not puppies. I thought that one you had a puppy. Mm, no. Uh, okay. That's your that's your first bad information you got there. <laughs> I've been really trying, you know. I'm really trying. Can you give me a break? Can you give me a break? I try to do my history. Let's talk about let's talk about Fiddler. Let's talk about Shakespeare yeah. because when I started doing my like we talked about research, I screwed up just now. But give me a break. Yeah. Um, I started doing some research and I did not know. I thought you know I knew you from Wicked. I knew yeah. you through Michael. I knew you through Fiddler. I knew that you were a musical theater person, and I thought yeah. you know you know that's a different group right kind of yeah and, yeah and then there's a group of like the, the theater purists there's the yeah. people that really do you know the shakespeare i had no idea excuse me mr sky bell yeah that you had been in like uh uh pisanio uh in in cymbeline yeah. and you Cymbeline. had done oh my gosh what other ones you were bottom yeah in midsummer night's dream with phoebe uh bb newworth as titania and, and Michael Master was talking about him. Tony Heald, who was in Love, Valor, Compassion, was Oberon in that. Tony Heald, who he says that um, Anthony Hopkins is going to have for dinner. That one? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> right, but uh, you have done yeah. unbelievable. Uh, you do classics. You do theater of the absurd. You did Ian Esker, yeah. You did The Ball Soprano. That's Much right. Much Ado yeah. About yeah. Nothing. Um, I bet yeah. you were brilliant in Camelot. Oh, my goodness. If I don't get to see you in Tevia, please do Camelot again for me, please. Well, yeah. um, I did get to see you. With oh. Dirty Mama in Full Monty on Broadway. <laughs> I did. And boy, well, were you guys fantastic. I well, love that. You know, yeah. you know what I remember from that show, too? Not mm. only how good you guys were, but also the female conductor. 
Yeah, Kimberly, Kimberly. I, again, I, I, I was listening to Michael's, Michael's podcast the other day. It's like, he knows that he remembers every name. He remembers uh, every year. And I'm like, yeah, Kimberly, Kimberly. You know what? I I'll look remember. her up and put it down. But I remember how yeah. charismatic she was. And, she, and I thought, you don't get to see a lot of female. No, it's true. It's conductors true. on Broadway. Yeah. And I mean, I thought, and it was, yeah. Especially for the full Monty, because she got she had a bird's eye view right there at the end. <laughs> because in the audience, you know, as soon as you guys drop trial, right, the yeah. the, the light hits the audience. You get you yeah. see in silhouette. Right. Really but scary. I will tell you, there were those nights where the light cue was not quite synchronized, so the audience <laughs> did see we what did they it here. needed yeah. to see. We did it here in Richmond, and I think Robin O'Neill was in that one too. Robin O'Neill just keeps coming up in this. She's so yeah. fantastic. I love um, her. I want you to tell me about the story about um, Full Monty, the final week, and um, falling off the skis and having a bruise from your butt talks to your ankle. <laughs> Where do you get this information? That is crazy. I have. Michael my... must have given it to you. So, all right. So, well, first, I just want to say, and I will tell you, but I just want to say, I want to address the issue of classical actor versus musical theater actor is that I have never, 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 never considered myself a musical theater actor. I have, and seriously, I've done, I've done musicals and of course musicals are fantastic. I love musicals, I love music, but I'm not that I can't, I can't be in just any old musical. You know, you can't put me into Mamma Mia. I can't, I can't right, just like sing. Like Michael did, right. Yeah, I can't just sing anything it has to be it has to one it has to be something that really speaks to me deeply mm -hmm. and one that i feel you know the the way they write for you know musical theater writing has really evolved over time and my my voice category i don't know is necessarily the voice category of choice these days which is a lower kind of voice you know usually it's nowadays it's louder higher and whatever it Do can you know be. who i'm gonna have on in a couple of who? weeks james barber I know you know his voice. Oh, yes, Les of Mis course. And yeah, absolutely. A fan of the right. opera, brilliant voice. Right. And I have a really I funny story when I talk about Cliff Moritz, but I did not know you said Shakespeare versus Yiddish. And I, when we were doing a little pre-conference when I was talking about yeah. how we we're going to record this, um, yeah. you said there's kind of a tie-in yeah. Shakespeare and Yiddish. And I want to talk about the Yiddish and having to sing in Yiddish. And that's where... Yeah. Process. Um, so talk about, do you want to talk more about Shakespeare versus... Um, yeah, Yiddish. Yiddish, mm -hmm. Well, I mean, the thing, the thing about Shakespeare, and you know, I have over time, uh, I've, I've started teaching and I only teach Shakespeare. I love Shakespeare and I love the, I, I do love the tradition to quote Fiddler of Shakespeare, you know, that there's a, there's something to, there's a way to, you can't just roll off, roll out of bed, come in off this, hey, you want to come in off the street and be in a Shakespeare play? You can't do that. There's things you want to know about how, how to address some things. But right. the point is, is that Shakespeare can seem like a foreign language even though it's English it's like I don't understand it and so as as an actor we have to understand what we're saying oh, yeah. and we have to find a way to make it something the audience can understand as well so that muscle which is the shake my Shakespeare muscle which is 
this is not the way I talk in real life, but I have to make it sound like and seem like this is the way I talk. And I have to help you understand exactly what I'm saying. That muscle was used every day when I was speaking Yiddish because I, I had to know what I was saying yep. and I had to know how best without, you don't want, how best to convey it, you know, um, to an audience. And that's not result, resorting to like, you know, uh, pantomime. Right. Um, but you, but I do believe, and I believe this with Shakespeare, and I tell this to students, if you know it in your thought, if your thought is clear, then mm -hmm. the, that's how you can get the message across. And, and, and people, I mean, that was something that people upset about my Shakespeare, but also about the Yiddish fiddler is that they, they sometimes didn't even feel like they needed the super titles that there, were available. There were subtitles on both sides of the stage, right? Were they on That's stage right. right or house right, house left? So That's that right. while you were all were doing this Yiddish version, um, yeah. add the, the subtitles. And I just want to say right now, um, I have to just stop and just say, I'm actually going to get a little teary. Um, congratulations to you and to Joel um, for doing this. I think it's something that's needed to be done for years. I think it speaks to where we are right now in our society, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, for oh. a variety of reasons. You won the 2019 Outer Critics Circle Award for Best Revival. You won the 2019 New York Drama Critics Circle Award for Best Citation. And then, excuse me, you, star, won the Lucille Lortel for Best Lead Actor. And I, I just, you know, we, it was the talk of the town. It was the talk yeah. of every, I mean, like you said, people coming from Texas and we had people, yeah. like I saw pictures of Joy Gratz and Ariel Williams and I think Tom Witt came and Paul Dees yeah. and people yeah. came up to see you from Richmond, people that knew Michael yeah. and it just, what a celebration of yeah. life and of yeah. a story that needs to be told. And now I'm gonna talk about real quick, some clips, you know, when I do this, I ask people to send me clips or, you know, resumes, unless you're like just offer only. Don't send me a resume, I can find you online. I don't think I'm gonna have a problem finding you, which was you, you know, I, you know, you know. but I, I just, what was, where was I even going with this? Do you love me you, clip? That, that is it, because we talked about it yesterday. Thank you. Yeah. I was looking at my page, look at my page. It's all, it's all, no wonder I couldn't, no wonder I couldn't find it. But right. you sent me some interviews with you, with Joel. You're running out of your Tito's. You're going to need to like redo. Look, here, watch. We talked about this. Gosh, this is some really cold wine. <laughs> Dave Matthews, thank you so much. Get Michael, call Michael, say, Michael, come bring me some Tito's. We're almost getting ready to wrap up. I don't up. need any more. I don't need well, any more. You see how red I am, right? <laughs> it's the sulfites, right? The sulfites are this, but I'm going to have another little sip. Hang on. Right, good. Mm. Blenheim Winery, thank you so much. I actually, yeah. this is really funny. I was on stage with Dave Matthews. Wow. Do you want to ask me how, why? Yeah, where, how, why? <laughs> I always say I was on stage. Well, you know, my master's of, of science was in healthcare interpreting. Well, I'm an interpreter, uh, an interpreter. ASL, yeah. right, to English, English to ASL. So I do sign language. Yeah. Well, um, a friend of mine who was actually my mentor could not do the University of Virginia, the Charlottesville, the Monticello naturalization ceremony for the incoming citizens. Wow. The speaker, they always have a speaker. Normally they're like politicians, boring politicians or engineers or something. My year, Dave Matthews. I was as close to him as I am to like this story. And I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm doing it. Now, That's fun. Because he's from Charlottesville. They moved wow, from yeah. like South Africa and they moved to Charlottesville. Oh, wow, wow. His naturalization ceremony was at Monticello. And then I'm like, so Dave, here's to you. Um, all right, so now bring me back to, this is the song, yeah. right? We, we talked yeah. about this yesterday. You sent me 
it was, I guess, it was, it, was it a show, a cabaret you did with, with your no, wife? No, it was Broadway Box. I think it's just yes. a, it's a website that does sort of um, songs from shows kind of unplugged. Um, and that's what that was. So we were singing, Do You Love Me? with with the artistic director of the Folksbina Theater who originally produced our Yiddish Fiddler. And it's what's his Yiddish, name? His name's name? Zalman Mlotek. We and love him. He, we love him. We love him. Yeah, and he was our conductor as well as he's the, he's the Yiddish he's like the Yiddish theater musical theater guy, and he was our he was at the piano on that clip. Oh, that's um, him in the background. Yeah, well, that you sent me that, and I was actually sitting there watching Billions. I had just finished, and I thought, well, you know, yeah. I'm gonna look at these. He sent me some stuff. Let me see. Steven Scott sent me some stuff. You don't just wait on that. You see what it is. And there were a couple of interviews, right? Right. And some morning shows and things, but this song. Now, yeah. we're going to talk about family. We're talking about growing up. We have some similarities. You're one of four. I'm one of four. Right. We have yeah. mothers that actually died on the same day, August yeah. 11th, but not in the same year. Your no, mother but... died of ca pancreatic cancer. My mother died Correct. of ovarian cancer. Yeah. So when I posted my little story of my mom, my mother died when I was 21, and yeah. I never got to know her as an adult. But my mother was brilliant. My mother was hysterical. My mother was brilliant. She was beautiful. She was 4'11". And boy, did yeah. she love herself some classical theater. She loved Polonius. Oh, she loved Polonius's speech. She would <laughs> she was a teacher. And I love it. Oh my God, she was brilliant. My, her name was Irvin. Go figure. Who knew? Really? Named after That's her uncle. That's my dad's name. Spelled I-R-V-I-N? Mm-hmm. Okay, that's my... My mother, okay, so that's even really weirder. I was, that I'm number crazy. three of four out of four girls. Okay. I'm signing wow. this because I'm drinking and I'm signing now to maybe help myself be understood, which isn't going to help you because you don't understand. <laughs> you know, like you're speaking Yiddish to me. Well, I understand four. <laughs> well, three, I did three, four. Oh. Three, four. three, I pointed. So anyway, uh, but you sent me this yeah. song. Do you love it? Yeah. Now, I was raised listening to, well, my mo my mother and father listened to on their on their um album right their little LP little player LP player, player yeah Mano La Mancha yeah and Fiddler now yeah my sister Donna who's seven years old she listened to Jesus Christ Superstar and she was kind of like <laughs> she would sing all the Mary Magdalene song and Pontius Pilate so she would listen to that she would sing that and listen to that but my mother loved yeah. Fiddler on the Roof and one of yeah. her favorite songs was Do You Love Me. Do yeah. I what? And we right. talked about this and it, it was comical. And I'm sure that they, they, they played it for laughs and they did it when RL did it at a high school. I saw it then, same thing. People love that song, right? For a variety yeah. of reasons. Your song hit me in a place I've never been touched before with the song. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I know you give Joel a lot, a lot of credit for this because yes, as directors, we do bring things to the table and, and I don't yeah. know if you direct or not, but it's, it's no. not, you do bring it, but you have to have actors that can execute it. Yeah. You made me the whole song. Hmm. You not only want it, but you need that answer. You, it, That's look, right. I'm getting teary again because yeah. it just, you are so, you can see it in your eyes and you hmm. can see her going, but were you going to ask me this really? Uh, look, yeah, I, yeah. I love you because I love you. You don't need to ask me this. Please, I'm a type B. You don't need to ask me. You're more of a type <laughs> A. Tabby is going to hurt. I need you to. But there's yeah. a, you go at it from different yeah. directions. You yeah. Each time is just a little nuanced differently. Well, that's it. It has to be. You know, I mean, the, the, again, the thing I know from my 
my training, my Shakespeare training, uh, is that anytime something's repeated, it has to have a journey. So if a character yes. asks five times in the song, do you love me? It can't be the same each time. So there has to be a journey. And, and just about Joel and the way he and I worked on Fiddler, he, he had seen it, I told you this, he had seen the out of town tryout in DC in, of, of the original Fiddler. Because, yeah. uh, how Prince was already thinking of cabaret, and so he knew Joel, and so Joel went to see the fiddler and was and was has been thinking about fiddler for fifty plus years. Joel also felt that someday he's a father in his own life that he would someday play Tevya, and he never did. So um, he had so many thoughts just in his gut about what mm -hmm. Fiddler on the Roof was. And mm -hmm. one of them was that it's not just about a screaming shrewish Golda, that that's not the joke of the no. song. No. And what he, what he traced is that all the way back into the first act, when when Fiddler when Tevia is is thinking should I let my daughter marry Laser Wolf the kind of overriding argument of Laser Wolf's is that I like her I love her and so that's where love really becomes part of this musical's journey mm -hmm. and so all these daughters are getting married so it, it makes sense that this this song, which can be a little sort of inconsequential, is actually the center, in some ways, the centerpiece of these two characters' lives. And that they, that at the, and at the thing I love about Fiddler, certainly, I certainly love it now, being a gentleman of a certain age, but <laughs> it's a musical about middle-aged yes. people. That, and so that this husband and wife who have, who have grown up daughters and have married their daughters off, starting to marry all of them off, that the, the husband is saying, is this something that you and I can even think about? Our daughters are talking about it. Our daughters are demanding it and wanting it. Is this a boat that has passed us by? And Joel, Joel wanted it that way, but so often in the direction of his, the direction of his vision of this musical, he would say something and you'd be like, wow, I've, I've never, I never absolutely had thought about it that way. And then, absolutely that's the way to do it that is the way to do it, it it has to be it actually he's brilliant he's brilliant that he yeah. because as a director you just you need to find that moment that then's the thread because it takes you then to the rest of it and you don't feel so bad for tevia because he 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 does get the yeah. answer right right <laughs> well he yeah absolutely she says i mean it's it's you know it's sweet and i shelton harnick has gone on record that he wrote that song trying to to make these two into the parents that he never had in his own life because mm -hmm. they were not a happy couple. And uh, so it is a, you know, it's, it's a little bit of a, she doesn't quite say, yes, darling, I love you. She <laughs> says, I guess I do. I, I guess I do love you. And he says, well, I guess I love you too. Um, but, but, they're, but, but they do change, you know, that acknowledgement it, it moves them closer to a different place than they were at the beginning of the musical. Yeah, there's a trajectory from the beginning, right? Yeah. And then you you hit that point. Is it in Act One towards the end? It's of in Act Two. No, no, it's it's kind of one third into Act Two. Okay. I, I mean, and then the truth is, and it's it's interesting because it, because then Tevya and Golda seem to be allied, but then it's the third daughter, and they kind of you get this feeling that they're not completely in agreement about mm -hmm. how to deal with the third daughter who has married the non-Jew. But ultimately, I think they, they are on the same page about that even. 
Right, because there's no real resolve about that. But then you, but, even, but here's the deal. Even though you don't get that payoff, right, you don't yeah. know for sure, because yeah. Joel directed it to have it be so much about, do you love me? Yes, you get the answer. Then you yeah. kind of can move forward and go, they're going to be okay. Yeah. Even though yeah. the last vision, you know, is them leaving and trekking yeah. up and leaving again. Um, yeah. But you, you don't feel so bad about that. There was more of yeah. a, and I didn't even see the show, but because yeah. I saw that, I went, oh, wow, yeah. okay, this is this yeah. is a different spin on it. Not that any of the other shows are, are wrong, it's just no. that this just brings a whole nother level to this. Now, let's talk real quick before we, we have talked so long, but oh. um, and I'm sorry, I'm going to have to do this. I'm not going to have to do this in two acts, but um, COVID <laughs> and um, yeah. what you, you're teaching, but you've also been yeah. working with this. This Zalman Mlotek. Yes, yeah. we, we said we love. And what we are you doing during COVID and why? Yeah, so the thing is, is that, I, again, I said to you, I, I don't consider myself a musical theater performer, but I, I have now become a little bit of a poster child for Yiddish in song. Oh, and so, that's, so be, ne that's never going away. I'm sorry, you're no, going to- No, well, I love it. I love it. And the <laughs> truth is, I used to sing, I did used to sing Yiddish songs for my mom and dad and my grandparents. I had the little book and I had the piano and I, I learned these songs transliterated, but I knew I knew some of them, you oh, know? See. so. Yeah, so the, the point is, is that before we closed with Yiddish Fiddler, people were starting to ask me to, to do evenings of song. And so, we, so I said, well, I'd love to. I would love to, and I would, we had different configurations, and Jen Babiak, who was the Golda, was gonna join me for some, because then we could sing more songs from Fiddler, as well as other songs. Zalman was gonna sort of be in charge of it musically, and right. we were gonna, we had, we had venues, you know, like maybe I would say seven places over the next few months after we closed. Well, all of that was scrapped, you know, so um, which is understandable. And there's the understanding also that um, that once things happen again, they, they'll come a calling. But in that time, I've been meeting with Zalman once a week, every uh, once a day, every week on Zoom. And um, and he basically is the font of Yiddish music theater and oh so God. I've been studying at his knees and learning Yiddish songs from him and so I now have like way too many songs for one evening I've got 44 songs up and ready to go at the drop of a hat I'm sure that people would pay for two nights <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. I love it I do love it so much you know and it's 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 like um th they've been saying that Yiddish was dying for a thousand years now and with the Yiddish fiddler it's it's just been a testament it's to say that it it's not going anywhere and mm -mm. and it's important there's something you know there is something important about um nurturing it and keeping it alive and not letting it die with the last generation of those who spoke it natively and not you know and so um so i'm so excited to kind of take it all and and the, you know i would we i didn't get to completely make this point which is mm -hmm. just as we closed yiddish fiddler we were to go on tour with it and our first port of call was to be china which oh that God. was scrapped, wow. of course. And, but then there was an Australian part of that tour and then we were gonna do a national tour. And so all of that has been put on hold. But the point is, is that Yiddish has, there's roots of Yiddish all over the world where communities 
went and started. Yes. And so it really is, if there ever was a show that could travel the world, it's a show in Yiddish because there are Yiddish speakers everywhere. And it's and, kind of a combination. In one of your interviews, you said it's kind of a combination of a lot of different types of languages, not yeah, just one, right? It, no, it, I mean, it took, it kind of took the languages of the countries where it was being hosted. So there's Hungarian in it, there's Russian in it. German, uh, right? A, a lot of German. Lot, right. Yeah. Let me um, ask you a question about yeah. Yiddish and singing, and, and then it'll yeah. take us to yeah. our, our last little bit. Um, I don't want to keep too much of your time, and I know you need to go pet those dogs or take them on their movie. I need to refill my cup is what <laughs> I, I need, so I'll do, do that. Yeah. But you don't have to do it on this one. Anyway, no, I just no, did. I Thank you, Dave, yeah. Dave Matthews. Um, yeah. My question is this, because Yiddish seems to be so much in the throat. Yeah. It seems to be a very glottal. Glottal. Okay. Yeah. You sing... How do you, how did you prepare your voice to sing in Yiddish? Well, you, first of all, even though there is the the and they definitely wanted us, they were, we had three Yiddish coaches and they were adamant about that sound because. Uh, absolutely. Um, but it's not necessary, if you, it, it's not that it's bad for the throat. Um, so uh, I really feel like, I, I loved the the kind of the chutzpah. Yeah, the, well, How's the full, that Yeah, very good. Chutzpah. Yeah. Right. yeah. No, just that it's full bloody. The the Yiddish language is like Italian, I suppose. It just feels like it's it felt fantastic to sing in Yiddish. I just I, loved it. You definitely um, show that. There's no yeah. question that I've been listening to it all week, and I just. Yeah. You know, have not seen it, but it is just a, a powerhouse of a performance. And I just, yeah, as, well, as a performer and someone who knows Michael and because he loves you, I love you. I just yeah. am so excited that you got in your lifetime, but yeah. that I love that you are going to leave this mark for yeah. years to come, right? Well, right, um, yeah. And, and, and that we will have this. Thank you, Joel yeah. Gray and his, his vision. Um, yeah. And I will tell you that when I was sending you your Tito's and your tequila. Um, <laughs> thank I, you. Thank you very much. I didn't know if you wanted to make that public or not, but thank you very I did. much. I, I actually <laughs> couldn't do it from FedEx because FedEx can't send like, like. I thought, yeah. Right. But, I, but I wrapped it up really, really tight and I sent it. But anyway, um, so a friend of mine who has a PostNet, they have a PostNet company, right? He went to school with you. He saw your name on the um, on oh the little God. label. You don't know him. He said he's not going to know me. You, you don't need to worry about Wh knowing. Which school? Which school? Yale. Okay. Yale, and he runs this postnet company. And That's he was so like, funny. "Yeah, I'm coming from school." I went from Yale, and I'm sure my face just went Yale. You went to Yale? <laughs> you? And he and he was like, "Yeah, you know, Steven Scavell is kind of like the talk of the town, and he's like, and the alumni, they did like a thing, alumni. We all got together, but of course he couldn't come because he was doing the Yiddish fiddler, blah 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 blah. I went, yeah. yeah, well, you know what? I know him, and I'm interviewing some there. <laughs> so anyway, he wanted me to wish you a hello, and that's. Um, that's I'm, nice. I'm Thank sure you. all of the Richmond people who love and adore you through well, my- Well, I just, yeah, I just wanted to also say, you know, because I, I feel like a member of the Richmond theater family, even though I'm not. Oh, you are. 
but Michael and I, you know, from the moment I met Michael, he, he, he talked to me about his Richmond family and friends, and we've come so many times, we've seen so many shows. I love Richmond, I love the theater community of Richmond, and I really consider Richmond a kind of second surrogate home, so well, we, I love that. We love you too, we're quite proud of you, and we have mm. always loved Michael. Michael has always, like you said, there isn't anything that boy can't do. That's right. And he does it. He does it really, really well. Now, my final yes. question is this. Yeah. I always yeah. close with, um, yeah. if you, well, now at age 10, we already knew you were in the community version of, yeah. uh, of, of, of Fiddler on the Roof. But um, what do you, if, if Stephen Skybell was not the Yiddish fiddler, you know, fiddler yeah. and doing wicked, you know, uh, Dr. Dillamont, what do you think you might have done had you not well, been struck at age 10 to do this? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've, I've contemplated that because I know it's your question you ask at the end of your podcast. The truth is, is that I've wanted to do it since I was 10. And I, I, I had friends growing up who were like, they, they admired me for knowing what I wanted to do and not veering from it. And maybe that was stupid on my part because nope. sometimes I'm like, why didn't I go to law school? <laughs> you know, why didn't I? I mean, and at this point I'm like, I'm too old. I can't even be a barista in Starbucks. You know, <laughs> I'm too old. So um, you know what? I think they'd take you. <laughs> well, I don't know. The truth <laughs> is I followed what I loved and I just said, that's what I want to do. And um, if I start to think about, well, like even now, not like, well, what would I have done had I not done that? I can't even really imagine. No, you know what? It's kind of a silly question for you. There have been some other people that I've asked. Um, I ask it always at the end. But you know what? To say that you were meant for the stage mm. is exactly what you need to say. And well, I think that anybody that's seen you on stage, which I have, um, yeah. would agree that that is exactly where Steven Savell needs to be. And um, we just appreciate your performances that you've given us and the performances that are yet to come. And if you do that cabaret, thank you so much. You better be bringing it to Richmond. Well, I'd love to. That's what I'm saying. You just better be But Dawn, thank you. Thank you for what you just said. And thank you for the opportunity to talk to you about this and all sorts of crazy little things. I, 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 Michael said he feels like he's known you all his life. Well, I do too, you know. I think you, that's kind of the thing with theater people though, you know. I think well, we I think all it's the thing with you. I think <laughs> you're the kind of person that just makes everyone feel at home and taken care of. And it's just, uh, I just have had a wonderful time talking to you. Well, you are a doll baby. You go get mm. yourself a Tito's, right? And yeah. pet those dogs. You tell I Michael will. that I love him. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of this. And yeah. um, I will see you on the flip side. Okay, my pleasure. Bye. Bye. Well, I think that about does it for this week's podcast. I can't thank you enough for listening. Remember, you can find me on Facebook under ACT and on Instagram and Twitter under Acting Pod. Or you can visit my website at www.dawnwestbrook.com and ask questions, give suggestions, and feedback. But for now, as W.C. Fields once said, a man's got to believe in something. So, my noble artist and my happy troop of theater trolls, I do believe I shall have another drink. <laughs> May the footlights burn bright and your interactions, both on stage and off, be rewarding. Thanks for joining me. I'm Dawn Westbrook, your host, and this is ACT. This week's podcast was sponsored by the Martha Hill Newell Playwrights Fund.